What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and letting you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. On the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of real, must the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'm a plenty play. On the way. On the way, on the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks, cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way, on the way. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier Miller, sitting with my co-host, as usual, Deanna. What's up, everybody? And uh, today, this will be another another dope episode, a lot of game, I feel. And uh, it will be, he's an investor. He's uh, big into the trucking industry. He's he's do, he's, do, he's definitely doing big things and giving our community, I feel like, a lot of game, a lot of uh, tools that we can use. And his name is, uh, you guys by, may know him by Trucking Justin. So, welcome to the show, bro. Hey, thank you for having me on. Yeah. And uh, like anything with us investing and understanding how business works and understanding how to make a passive income, I'm all about it. Yes, sir. Yes, and we definitely are. happy to be here with you today. Definitely, man. We happy to have you. Like I said, we definitely appreciate you for coming on. And uh, yeah. one of the first questions I always ask people when they come on the show, I love asking this question is like, so what was your start with your like financial journey? What made you get like what made you want to get into this like investing into truck and real estate, all this stuff? What was the start? My start actually came from two homes that I owned before. Mm-hmm. That's how I got the capital to do what I do now. And I also work a career on top of doing this. Okay. So, of course, you know, you work a career, you understand that you're never really going to have your financial freedom. And that's mm-hmm. not something that you can hand over to your children. I've got two children. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing something to where this is something I can hand to them later, and this is something where you can gain your freedom. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's not bad working a career. I'll probably stay at my career no matter what my business will do um mm. but it's just to have an option you know mm. okay, yes. so that's um how i ended up getting into trucking was i was originally going to do a tax deed rental mm. and was dealing with somebody that's you know i think we, like we were talking we both know him he's over at hood estates pocket mm-hmm. and that's their ig at hood estates and they do tax deed rentals and different things with real estate so i kept getting more information and they always got this saying like date the person you're going to invest with so I first started talking to them. I went down there and maybe like a couple months later, we actually met up and it was their anniversary and he was talking about different things and he kept saying he got a truck. And I'm thinking, you know, like a Silverado, like <laughs> around 1500, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I probably said like, no, you keep talking about this truck for What type of truck you got? So he said, I got a tractor. I got a, um, a, a tractor semi truck. So I was like, okay. So then that's what I deal came from. And I remember I asked him, I said, if I go and do everything to get a truck, would you like show me kind of how to, what you're doing with it and how you make your money? And he was like, yeah, sure. So, like, you know, just stepping out on faith. I didn't know anything about the trucking industry. All I knew, you get a truck and they can make money. I didn't know the different ways of generating profit. I didn't know the, the methods of uh, going through different institutions to get the money. I just knew you get a truck and it can make money. And I just stepped out on um, on faith. Mm. And I just took it like God presented it. And just took the opportunity that I mm. made it grow. Mm-hmm. So Okay. And that's a, that's important you say you stepped out on faith. Because I always say, 
you got to be willing to take that risk. You sometimes it's like some people don't move because they like, man, I'm scared. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose. But it's like you got to be vulnerable enough to lose to win. I believe so. That's that's those. And I like, I'm the type of person where, well, you know, a lot of people spend time thinking about doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. By the time you done thought three times to do it, I'm just gonna go do it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. that type of personality. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't sit around waiting too long. To me, it's a bigger loss to not try and never know what you could have than to try and lose. Facts. Mm-hmm. So I just I typically in the personality where I just jump out there and try it. If right, it don't work, man. it don't work. Where yeah. we where what's what's the worst that can happen? We'd be right where we started. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, but you gotta try to get out this job. You gotta try to get out of the financial situation. You gotta try to make more for your family and if you don't you just gonna continue to follow the same rhetoric that's being preached and pushed upon us for generations. Right. Yep. We just you... keep working these good jobs, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And never having more for our family. Mm-hmm. So Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's dope. See, and uh, do you like another question I have for you? Do you think the trucking industry is an industry that more of us should get into? I think more of us should get into it for the sheer fact that there are other cultures that aren't used to seeing us in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We can go to these meetings and it's none of us in there. Yep. People don't even know you can own a truck and not. I own my truck and I don't drive, I don't mm-hmm. have a CEO. And if you go to my IG, I put up there what my truck make every week. I put mm-hmm. up there the good, the bad, the ugly, you know. And um, even before the whole, before the whole ideal came to me, I didn't know you could just do commercial landing or go pay for a truck outright. We see these trucks all the time when we were growing up. Right. You never think who owns that truck. You think it's like never down here in Florida, like Publix, I think. I read Publix owns like 4,000 trucks. So you always think that it's this big institution that owns these trucks, but really it's people like me and you, your wife, and it's just investors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's dope. That's, and so, uh, how, how many trucks do you have? I got one truck you right now. You got one truck, so, wow. I got one truck, and the crazy thing is, right, I just talked to somebody, and this is what I'm saying, I talked to somebody who got a friend who owns six. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to, to show the contrast, and he told me like they're holding, they they haul crude oil. I know another person who owns three. I know another person who owns uh, two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the building platform. I've had this truck for a year and a half, two years. So as far as for me, because I work a career, you gotta always understand that it's like this: say, more money, more problems. Yep. That is, if I when I get my second truck, if I choose to do that. It's like I got to keep up with a second drop. I got to keep up with fuel. I got to run that truck. I got to dispatch that truck. And in my case, I have to dispatch. So um, there are methods of doing this where you don't have to do nothing. All you have to do is provide the truck, provide the labor. And the only time you should be hearing from it is if you have an issue mechanically. Mm. So um, I took it a step further because I've seen um, my edge to be able to profit a little bit more. So um, I actually, like I was just talking to somebody right before I got on this, I just did my financing for my second truck. So, and you know, I think in business, it's always good to go at a pace that's responsible instead of a pace that's out of control fast. Because you get up to like, the dude with 60 trucks, there's no way he's knowing what's happening with all 60 trucks like every time, every day. Right. That's mm-hmm. a monster operation. Even when like, I talk to the guy I know with three trucks, and that's like a headache in a sense, right? Because it's all a method in which you're running it. He's not running it necessarily in the all passive way. So you got to keep up with his trucks. You got to know where his driver's at. You got to know what's going on. So um, you take on what you feel like you can handle. 
Right. So that makes that, yeah. that makes perfect sense. And that's the only way to survive in business. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. You know, you get some people who jump out there and go get two trucks. If you don't know what you're doing, don't lose your two trucks. Mm. It's gonna be a guy like me waiting there for you to uh, default. So fall along. Call your lender and ask them to put me on your loan. Yep. So. I'll take over your payments. Yeah, all right. All right, that's, that's, that's real, man. And for people that's listening, I know some people going to listen and be like, man, like, but how do I how do I make that first step? What do I get started at? Do I need to be rich to do this? Because I know a lot of people, they always no. think that, like, I, need, I, I don't got no money to do that. I ain't rich. People say that to me all the time about real estate. Oh. To finance a truck, mm-hmm. you need, some people say ten. I say 15000 working capital. You need at least a 640 credit score. That's all just to qualify for, oh, an LLC and an EIN number. Mm. So when you do commercial financing, you're going to go for your commercial finance. Um, they like to see your working capital and, of course, credit, right? Because you're not going to be on your truck credit-wise, but what you are now is a personal guarantor. So if you default on your truck, they can revert back to your personal credit outside of your LLC to get there, recoup the loss. Okay. So you get the credit, you get the money, and then from there, it's based off of how much money are you going to have to spend, right? Mm-hmm. So the down payment of a commercial truck is done at like 10%, 15%, 20%, 25%, or 30% of the value of your truck. So when you go, that really dictates different factors. That's your credit, that's how much they want to take the risk on you, how long you've been in business with your LLC, all of these things play a role. So, if, I mean, for different people, it's different things. I've heard as, as little as no money down. Like, the guy I just talked to, he got A1 credit. So, his, his situation was no money down. Mm-hmm. I talked to another guy who was an investor but owned a CDL, who had a CDL license. He only put down 5000 Um, Because of what I'm doing now, I talk to a lot of different people from a lot of variations of life. And, I mean, it varies from, from time to time. So, like, normal, I'll say, like, six, seven, eight thousand 8000 down is the norm. Or a normal person mm-hmm. with okay credit with okay um, finances as far as money, working money. So out of the 15000 my whole point is you're going to put down seven, eight, then you're going to spend two to three on your tags, mm-hmm. right? Tax, tag, and title. Mm-hmm. I want you to have five left over. Mm-hmm. And five left over is for your maintenance. Okay. So if anything happens, unless you got a warranty on truck, if anything happens, you have money now to catch you. It's like um, playing a professional sport. Your first injury, I don't want you to be out in the game. You know, um, I always explain to people, don't be naive. Things happen, and it's the same. It's not if your truck will break down. It's when your truck will break down. And every breakdown isn't an actual breakdown where it hinders you from being able to move, but it just slows you down, and it's something that you don't have to maintain. And on these trucks, you do preventive maintenance every month. That's your filter change. That's your oil change. That's any other thing that may need to be changed out so you want to have a reserve of money left aside so when you do start to generate profit it's not going to be eaten up by a mechanical loss mm. so okay that, may, that makes perfect and that, sense and that to me is just good business strategy you're mm-hmm. not going to go get a rental property and put all your money in a rental you ain't got no money to paint the walls and put new uh, exactly. cabinets and countertops in it you know what I mean exactly. you got to make it where it's usable exactly. and if anything happens the first one of your rental if the train is live cracks because it's a uh, was it galvanized iron or whatever it is where it cracks in it mm-hmm. they got to dig into your foundation <laughs> and you got the money to fix that you exactly. just got the rental you ain't got the money to fix that like so exactly. now you out the game already you're going to be late on your rent you're going to be late on your mortgage, mortgage? No. now you got a renter that's not going to pay you 
Now you got to pay for foreclosure. I mean, um, eviction. Eviction. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get into the math of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is how I explain to people. You don't need a lot of money. You just need to have what I like to say is a safe amount of money. Fifteen grand, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So now let's say, so someone, they have, they have the money. They uh, figured out the truck they want to get, you know. Now, like, what would be the next step? I, we know they need to find a driver, and then after they get the driver, so what would be the next step on um, getting their truck out on the road? Um, we deal with uh, 3PLs, third-party leasing. So it's different methods. And, and trucking, you could be a owner-operator, which is somebody who drives the truck. Mm-hmm. You could be a fleet owner, which is what I'm categorized as. Even though I have one truck, I'm still a fleet owner because I don't drive my truck. Or you can go for the overall growth number and you could be um, your own carrier which is you have your own MC number you have your own DOT number and you pay your own monthly insurance and you pay your own if the taxes which is your fuel tax or your cargo tax if you travel across each state so um, I mean there's different methods of okay. how to generate money and um, and the product that's offered on my Instagram which is connected to the people who showed me about trucking it explains more of how to generate money but there's multiple ways to generate money. Mm-hmm. Like, I just talked to somebody who's running under somebody else's authority. They don't even have the authority. Right. They at least talk like, I bought a truck, I come to you, and I put it under your authority, and I run the freight, and I just pay the difference on insurance. And I talked to some other guys who are leased on with a company. Like, I'm leased on with Landstar. Mm-hmm. So, Landstar is a third-party logistics company. So, that's mm-hmm. typically how you would make money. Or if you got your own CDL... You could drive your own truck and keep more of the profit. Bro, keep the profit, right? Yep. And yeah, so. I know a common thing I always hear people say with trucking is they were like, man, the hardest part is finding the driver. Finding the driver is the toughest part. And when you. Okay. Uh, that's, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> do, you agree, do you agree with that statement? And, like, why is that I'll, the most important part? I'll say it's the most important part because now we're getting into productivity, we're getting into labor. We're getting to the ability to generate some type of profit. And I mean, essentially, your driver is a big part of your business because he's the one who enables you as an investor to keep seeing more money. So if you got an irresponsible driver, he's going to be a headache. Mm. You got a driver that's a thief, you have to watch everything on your on your gas car or whatever the case may be. You know, they, they, they still do. Let's just say if, if I'm a driver, right? Not saying that drivers do this, but I'm just saying, you give me a gas car, you don't know how much you need in diesel. I say... I put 200 on there, but I really took 100 in cash. I had somebody give me 100 in cash, and I pumped 200 in diesel in the truck. Mm. It's just little things. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't even realize that I didn't put it in our truck. These are things that you may just have to look out for if you're talking about a bad driver. Mm. And I think it's, it's hard to find a good driver and a responsible driver, a mature person. So uh, it's not hard to find a driver because if I put up, if I put out there that I need a driver, I get 10 different responses. But it's just you gotta weed through those to find the correct person for what you're looking for. Mm. Do you um would you say like look for drivers who already have experience rather than Definitely. a new driver? Definitely. Um, not to say new drivers can't do right. New drivers can do right. There are some carriers that take on new drivers. Um, but in what I do, I like to hear that a guy got ten, twenty years. Mm. Just a guy that know the industry. Just a guy that know. Trust. It's a guy. It's a guy I might learn something from. Right. You know what I mean. So, um, new guys are good. Everybody was new at something. Um, my career is that I drive trains. So, 
I was new at doing this at some point. So the new guys need an opportunity to shine in order. You can't, and it's almost like, you know, y'all, people go to college and then they come out and they can't get a job because you're new. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So eventually you got to get the the opportunity to get the experience. So everybody kind of is like a a damn if you do, damn if you don't. I'll take a new driver on that's a mature driver, then I would take an old driver that's going to be a headache. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That, that 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 makes a whole lot of sense. I know, cause uh, like I said, I'm I'm we looking to get in the truck now. And a couple of weeks ago, I put out an ad on Craigslist, and I got some uh some decent feedback. Do you think that's even a smart thing to do? Is to put ads on Craigslist? Is that a good way to I go? I think about any it? way to find your labor is a good way. Okay. I don't care if you got to go to the truck stop and shake hands, <laughs> talk to people, go hang out at the TA gas station and introduce yourself to everybody that walk in. I'm looking for a driver. Do you know anybody? Any method you use is not the wrong method. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as it produces the correct outcome. Mm, okay. Okay. And what is the uh, what's the difference from having just having your own truck and having your own authority? Okay. Um, I mean, having your own truck is just having the equipment. Okay. So then, having your own authority authority is different. When in the sense that that's just a method of generating profit. When you have your own authority. You're covering everything on your own. And the biggest cost of having your own authority is your authority insurance, your cargo, your freight insurance. Whatever you're hauling in the trailer, if your truck gets damaged or he rolls it down in a ditch or he flips it in a turn, that cargo got to be covered. So in a sense that, like, you got GEICO. GEICO insures your whole car, right? And GEICO's not just going to insure just the front end of the car. You got to insure everything. Mm-hmm. versus with the way I do it, I'm only worried about the front end. Somebody else paying for that. So it's, it's almost like I have less overhead, but then again, I may leave more money on the table because of that, because I'm not as responsible for it. Mm-hmm. So I know you said you would think about getting a truck. So let's just say this. You go get your own authority. Authority costs go like this. You're going to be paying your monthly authority insurance. So that may be twenty, twenty-two thousand dollars $22,000 for the year. You might only pay it up front $4,500. So now you got to break your 12-month payments for the rest of that twenty-two thousand, up into monthly. Right. Let's just say, what's the math on that? Like two grand a month. Right. So you got to pay two grand a month to cover just the cargo. That's just that's just your freight insurance. That's your cargo insurance. Then you got your trailer. You got to have insurance on your trailer. Then you got to have maintenance for the, the trailer. Then you got to have your tractor. Now you got to have insurance for your tractor. Right. Now liability and bobtail because the truck can detach from the trailer. So you got to have bobtail. Then, if you got a driver in there, you got to pay work miscom. So, I mean, all of this is is a doable thing. But to me, an authority is more overhead. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. Authority is big money because you're getting a gross number. When you run under um, a three PL, you're giving up either a cent per mile, or you're giving up a percentage of each load that you're going to run. So, for instance, like I'm at Landstar, I give up thirty five percent of the line haul of the load and I keep 100% of the fuel surcharge. So every load I touch with them, I'm giving up something, but I'm making something. Right. So um, on my ISV, I put up my settlements. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's little or big, I put it up. And some of the benefits of running under carriers is, is like the systems are already in place for you to succeed. Like mm-hmm. Landstar deals with Calm Data Cards. Landstar has their own exclusive board. Landstar has tire discounts, Landstar has fuel discounts, Landstar has hotel discounts. Um, they have um, pretty much everything you need, man. You just show up there with the right driver and the right experience before your driver get on. I mean, but that's what is it worth to you. Right. 
you want to go for the big money, then you deal with the big headache. If you want to go for the medium money, then you go into a carrier. Mm-hmm. If you just want to try to work your way in the middle, go sign on with somebody who got their own authority who will put your truck on it on which is just like leasing on somewhere and just pay the difference. That way you can see the most money. Mm-hmm. But then you got to take care of your own fuel or be paying the difference on your insurance. So, for your, there's multiple ways. For your um, driver, are they brought on as an employee or an independent, independent contractor? Independent contractor, 1099. Okay, 1099. You 1099, all your drivers? Yeah. Well, yeah, my one driver, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah that, that's... But I know somebody who got 10 trucks, and they 1099 all their drivers. 1099 is just a method of payment. That's just at-will work. That's free-will labor. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just a way of not playing the employer tax on them. Okay. If I pay you $2,000 a week, I got to take out how much money from you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So... I'd rather just leave that up to you and let you process your tax at the end and whatever happens, that's on you. As long as I document 1099 you, I don't have to worry about it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And for, uh, just to, because I know a lot of people, they're going to hear this, they're going to be like, but what is the what is the pay based on? Is it based on, like, mileage? Is it based on, like, what's delivered? I don't know. Um, some people pay CPM, which is cent per mile. Okay. So say they'll tell them, oh, I'll pay you 51 cents per mile. Some people pay a percentage. Some people pay a fat, uh, flat rate. So it's, it's multiple ways of paying a drop. So it's kind of like to your specific corporation, what do you like to do? I'm not going to calculate his miles every week. Remember, I'm a passive investor. Mm-hmm. I want to do the least amount possible. Only time I want to hear from you is if something's wrong. So I'm not going to sit and calculate how many miles you've driven. I'm not going to sit and do that. And, and then... Um, a percent, a percent is okay because um, I think it's less of a headache. A flat rate is good, but you got to know that you're going to generate that every week. Let's just say you're trucking the shop and you don't generate no money. You still owe that man money. Mm. So, I mean, there's multiple ways from what I've learned of paying people mm. and trucking as far as your drivers. Okay. That, that, that makes a lot of sense as well. And does, is, because I know you're in Florida, so does, is it rules to each state, or is it like a... There are rules to each okay. state. Um, that more comes into play with authorities. Okay. And that's most types and what's required. I think some states don't require a workman comp policy. And now, don't quote me on it, but okay. I think some states don't require a workman comp policy on a driver that's driving your truck. Um, there is different variations, but it's all generally guidelines. Um, general information that's always going to be set the same way. So there are different variations in there, but for the most part, um, now this is where if you talk to a 30, 40 year driver, they all gonna know the differences. So Arkansas do this, Mississippi and them do this, Georgia like this, Florida, I don't get into all that. I'm just an investor. I know what I know about trucks. I know I know about how to make money in this industry. You can give me a $5,000 truck and I can make money. You can give me a $100,000 truck and I can make money. I have a set system of what I'm doing where I'm set up no matter the wheels can turn, I'll get it to her. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't really get into like the specifics of each state because that don't matter to me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if it's a problem with that state, we just want one freight over there. I don't want West Coast. I don't go out to Cali. Oh, you don't? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nah, I don't go out to Cali. Okay. <laughs> I never sent my driver to the West Coast. You know what I mean? So, like, just because there's so much stuff you got to do when you get into Cali, your truck can't have a DPF delete. 
You know what I mean? And if they catch you, it's a problem. DOP's gonna get a hold of you. I don't got nothing out there. And it's just a difference of states. So okay. you get some people who don't run up north. I talked to a driver today who don't run north of uh, North Carolina. He mm. run everything east of, um, west of it. Mm. So it's the preference. What's uh, been the most difficult part of um, having a truck these past few years? Um, keeping up with little things. Like I didn't realize when my tag expired. <laughs> I do my driver, my driver 100. You know what I mean? He texts me, hey, you know this thing like August on it, right? You know August like, it's almost up, right? Like, I'm like, oh, wait, the tag's due. Um, and, and just keeping on top of your maintenance. I do maintenance every uh, like fifteen thousand miles, okay. so I put it in there. I get the chain. I get the. I PM service is called preventive maintenance, per month service, whatever you want to call it, whatever acronym you want to use. But that's vital. That's important. It's imperative that you do that because you can't run it. If, like these trucks have so many moving parts that if the oil is sludgy, if, if the filters can't breathe, your truck's going to be bogged down. It's not going to be in a pool. You're driving on crazy. It's not. Heck, it's not doing. I don't feel it over overhead power like I used to. And I had that happen one time. Where like I had a filter call. Something as simple as that can slow you down. Mm-hmm. And then now with these newer trucks you got after treatment systems. After treatment systems is what um they came out with a mandate with the clean air act. I think it's like the clean air act two or something like that of some of that nature. Where every truck built after two thousand seven has to have after treatment system. Mm-hmm. So you have the treatment system your EZR valve, that's your DPF, that's your DLC. Um, on the Cascadia, it's all in the one box. And that's underneath the passenger side. So all of that foot that comes out your diesel has to be filtrated all the way through the system until it goes out the tailpipe. Now, if you read up on this and you watch um, a lot of, like, I watch a lot of YouTube, everybody's having problems with the after treatment system eventually. So it's just staying on top of your maintenance. And I'm the type of owner of a truck that, when I put it in the shop for the oil, my mechanic automatically know, look at everything. Mm-hmm. There's no reason I should leave here with a problem. I hold people accountable. Accountable. So if you're going to go and get, if you have my truck, my truck should leave leave with a problem. So if you see something else I need to be changed, you need to say something to me. I'm not going to wait, you know, till it breaks down on the load. I'm going to fix it today. But then there's a lot of different people that run their businesses different ways. Some people just do the bare minimum. I do a little bit over because I want to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a broken truck. My driver got to go get in a hotel. Now my truck has some shop in some backwoods town somewhere. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um, I stay ahead of problems. I stay as, as far ahead of it as I can. Mm-hmm. It don't even got a break for me to change it. If he tell me it don't don't seem right, I'll change it. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's going to break. I change it. He tell me it's rusted. I change it. If it ain't pumping like it's supposed to, change it. Mm-hmm. I don't wait for a breakdown. That's why I've been able to, to stay in this game it's two years now. My two year mark is coming up, and because I'm preemptive, I don't, I don't wait for an issue. We kind of uh, skipped over this part in the beginning, but when you got your truck, was there any like specific things you looked for in your truck before buying it, like price point or like different um, brands of trucks, or like what did you look for when you picked out yours? I deal in price point, I deal in brands of trucks, and I deal in features of trucks. So price point. Mm, 35 to 50,000. Um, make of truck, 
Think about it this way. When your ambulance goes by your house with the lights on, look at the front of the ambulance. It's a Freightliner. Mm. Yep. So I like, I like Freightliner because Freightliner's everywhere. Everybody can work on a Freightliner. Parts are everywhere. I've never had a problem mechanically. And they say to me, oh, I can't get that part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you got Kenworth, you got Peterbilt. Um, those are really the three big brands. You got Volvo too. Um, but traditionally for purpose of cost of parts, because labor is going to be the same no matter where you go. Right? Labor is $85 an hour, $90 an hour, 105 an hour, depending on what shop you're at and why. So labor is never going to change. Only thing as a business owner I can control is the cost of my parts now. So I'm choosing a truck that specifically because it's the Honda Civic of the truck. Everybody got the parts. Everybody know how to work on it. Everybody know how to jerry-rig it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, I like Freightliner. And I like um, anywhere now because we're in 2019, 2013s, 14s, 15s, those years. Freightliners, I think 11 and 12 were the first years that they started putting the sensors on the engine, um, on the engine frame, on the engine body. So they're more prone to problems. And I know this because I have a 2011. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so, um, and like people will watch this interview and you got people who will watch this and because they've been in the trucking industry that nitpick it. I don't know everything about trucking. I just know what I know about trucking and I, can, I know how I make money. So if I'm making money every week, obviously I can tell you a little something about right. how I'm doing my income. So, mm-hmm. uh, my profit. So, um, features. I like trucks that have manual transmissions. I don't like automatics. Some people swear by automatics. I don't like the inertia plate. I think that those transmissions tend to have a little more problems with somebody being able to control the power and the torque that they're getting. Um, I like auxiliary power units, which are... The auxiliary power unit is what keeps the truck running. If the driver goes and parks at night, it keeps on the AC, it keeps on his refrigerator, it keeps on his TV. It keeps the truck at a certain temperature. So we get down into the, fun- the fundamentals of business of get down to what? The money. Right. If you run an APU, it only uses a half a gallon an hour. If you run your diesel on idle hours, where it's just crunk, not doing nothing, you, you use about a gallon of diesel an hour. So now we're getting into if he sleeps for six hours, you just burned up six gallons of diesel. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to need more diesel when we run our next load because we had the truck running all night because I didn't have an APU on the truck. So... Just little things like that. Um, tandem axles, of course. Two bed sleepers because drivers use a tough bunk for storage. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, man, you you, you give a, you you giving a lot of game right now. And, uh, so it's so uh, if someone like they 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 buying a truck or whatever, should they if they're not experienced in trucking, should they go by themselves or should they take like? A driver with so they already be looking for a driver to take with them no okay none of that okay <laughs> we don't need a driver yet okay. we're just looking at the truck what we need we need a diesel mechanic mm, okay take that diesel mechanic with take you. a diesel mechanic with uh, you. Yeah, yeah. okay i don't care about the driver at that point okay. driver's not needed only time i need him to do is drive you know mm. what i mean so when i'm going to just inspect it look at it diesel mechanic i find a diesel mechanic somewhere around the area because to me having even if he's 21 years old right He's just a brand new diesel mechanic. He know more about what he's looking at mechanically than I know. Mm. So, or you know, or, or um, your wife may know. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's worth his weight and in, in experience, right? Because he has the knowledge, at least somewhat of some type of understanding of what he's looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, I always get a truck inspected. I might get a truck inspected two times. 
Okay. Like two different diesel mechanics. Okay. I'm see, I'm like that though. See, I'm yeah, from yeah. more of a urban mind state. Right, 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 right. I'm looking out for somebody trying to hustle me. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a physical inspection. I'm doing computer diagnostics tests. You know what I mean? Because the dashboard may say 400, but you hook up to your computer and the computer says 750. So why is that? The mm-hmm. dealership had a wrecked truck in the back and they took the dashboard out of 400 to put it in your 750. Mm-hmm. And they advertised it to you at a 400 mile an hour, or 400 miles on that truck. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know unless you hook up to the ECM. The ECM also tells you faults. How many times did it have this fault? Does it have uh, water in the diesel? Does that water in the tanks? Does, you know what I mean? How are the fuel injectors firing? What's the temperature of the engine? Because that matters in the after treatment system for regenerating. It's a lot that you can see on the computer. Mm. And you won't know that, you know, just by taking your driver. You need to take a piece of mechanic with you. Okay. Yeah, that's that's heavy. That's heavy, man. I never thought about that before. And for uh, another question is, do you, so you believe in, like, finding a driver after you purchase the truck? Not necessarily. Okay. I just said I don't need a driver when I'm going to look at going? the truck. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't need a driver when I go look at it because he's not needed at that time. Okay. Uh, I do this in, like, tears. I got it. Levels I go through until it, when I get to his level, then he bring him in. Because by the time he come, I just want him to test drive. Test drive it up. Tell me what you think. Because he may see something that the mechanic didn't see because the truck wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to kind of take all that input and mount it into one and process it all in your mind. And decide, is that going to be a sound investment? Mm. And now, like, I done gotten to the point where I'll buy a truck out of state. I, I don't even go and look at a truck. You don't? What am I? No. What am I going to look at a truck for? I don't know what I'm looking at. Send a diesel mechanic. He write up his report. He tell me what he think. I send a driver. Driver go drive it. He tell me what he think. Then I send another diesel mechanic, a totally different diesel mechanic. Go out there and look at that. So maybe he missed something. The first diesel mechanic. Let's see what he's saying. And then okay, I'll take the truck if all that checks out. The material mm-hmm. people say this truck seems like it's okay. It's not gonna have a problem. The computer checks out. The faults are are non-existent. This you know the air pressure builds up. Because then, like, air pressure, if air pressure doesn't build up, if air pressure at a certain time, and a certain time frame, that's a failure on a, on a, on the DOT test. So you, you got to, you know, figure that out. And mm-hmm. you just got to make yourself... I look at this as it's, it's, a, just, it's just a business. I'm not emotionally attached. You know what I mean? So I don't care what a truck looks like. Does it make me money? It make that's money. the point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Will it make us money? I pride myself on keeping my driver paid every week. My driver called me to me, you the man. You <laughs> pay good every week, bro. I mean, I'm going to be real. I used to drive, used to drive his own truck. Tell him, man, I ain't. I'm making money like I'm better than I used to drive my own truck. You know what I mean? But it's just systems. And we got to protect our investments and we got to start making wise investments and start to understand business as black people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was something. So, there you go. I was just going to say that was something I wanted to get into also because I see, like, just from your social media accounts, you always like giving back as far as like information and like have people on there like like telling their stories on how you help them. I want to ask you like, why do you feel that's important? Do you feel like you have an obligation to give back to the community like by game resources or whatever? In a sense, um, to me, it's a village. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I build a fire, why shouldn't I show everybody else how to build a fire? Do you see me, or if I cook mm-hmm. a pot big enough for all of us to eat? We should all eat, and that's what I believe is missing from us as a, as a culture. Mm-hmm. We get information, and we don't want to help out this dude, and we don't want to tell this dude what we're doing. And that's just sad because other 
nationalities and other cultures, they're thriving together. You go in our neighborhoods, who owns everything? Yeah. None of us own nothing. The cornerstone, mm-hmm. that might be Indian people. You go get your nails done. That's mm-hmm. Koreans or Chinese or whatever. You know what I mean? You go eat. That's Spanish people. They all, you know, they all own that restaurant. And it's just group economics. The economics, group economics is more than just money. It's knowledge sharing. It's ideas sharing. And I remember, I didn't forget where I came from. My Instagram is set up where if you don't know, you know, trucking or if you don't have the money to buy, like, the, the, the course that, that we offer, you can learn trucking through my IG. Yeah. yeah. For free. Pay attention. It's all there. Like, you know, I'm showing people what I do, how I do it, what's this, what's yeah. that, what a load look like, what a freight load look like, what's the breakdown on the math. I even put up, like, um, my maintenance bills. Here's what a maintenance bill could look like. It's not saying you're going to get that same maintenance bill, but it's saying that, you know, I want to give you as much exposure to this without you having to take the same risk that I'm taking. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. That's what's what important. Because like, like I said, you from your Instagram, like you just said, you could learn a lot about the trucking alone. If you into it, just scroll down your feed and you could get some games. I'm getting game. a lot of free games. Yeah. Somebody told me I should make my Instagram private and charge people who want to follow me. That's what somebody recently told me. And I'm really? just like, nah, I'm just going to leave it open. Whoever want to see it can see it. Whoever want to learn can learn. Because this isn't a um, copyrighted ideal. Everybody can do this. Everybody can do mm-hmm. it. It's nothing... There's nothing um, proprietary about anything that I'm doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just that it's working for me. So mm-hmm. if you do it this way, it should work for you. So. Wow. And how how many do you do? Do you know off the top of your head, like how many people that you like, let's say, help get get them set up and get their own truck? I just stop counting. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you know it's too many. Every time I look up at somebody else, like the person who called me today, I didn't even know that they had went and bought a truck. They're like, yeah, I bought a truck a couple months ago, and I've been making money this way with it. <laughs> I didn't even know. You know what I mean? And I mean, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. This course is helping a lot of people build some type of financial independence. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always tell people, when you get this truck money, don't go spend it. Don't right. go... You know, I always tell people this. If you need this money to survive, don't do it. Mm. If you need this money, like, to pay your mortgage, don't do it. Mm. That's not what this money's for. You want to save this money for maintenance. You want to save this money. And then I had somebody ask me, what about I'm spending on maintenance? Well, guess what? That's your money now for a down payment on your next truck. <laughs> like, yep. You know, mm-hmm. the key is don't spend it. If I, if I if I talk to somebody, they're like, oh, I have to spend some of this money. I'm like, that's not what the money's for. You know, Jewish people reinvest their money. They, you don't see them ride around in Benzes. You know what I'm saying? They driving a Prius, a 90, 2001 Prius, in mint condition. They live in a regular neighborhood, but they're millionaires. Millionaires. We got to start getting to that ideal. You know, the one like um, my grandma used to say, that money burning a hole in your pocket. Mm. You got to build yourself up to where you have enough maturity not to spend that money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to have some weeks with my truck that made me three Gs in a week. I'm talking about after I paid my driver. Mm. Got to have some... Uh, this last week, my truck did, I think I made like twelve fifty, thirteen hundred. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, every mm-hmm. week, it, var- it varies. My truck will do anywhere from 2500 to $5,000 in a week. Net, and my truck, got every- everything's paid. All I got to do is pay my driver Brilliant. out of that money. So, I mean, it varies. And this is just like seasons, right? So, every industry has a season. You got a football season. You got a baseball season. Um... Trucking has seasons. 
So January and February is typically a slow month. Slow two months. It's a slow time of year up until like April or January, March, April. Yeah, April kind of starts picking up again. Mm. So you'll see people with their own authority. You'll hear them say they take all of January and February off. Because right. it really is like if you're running under your own authority, it don't make no sense to continue running your truck for that little bit of money for free. Mm-hmm. You got a guy like me that's least on somewhere. I stay where I'm at because when the money falls in a normal industry, the place where I'm at keeps it at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You got to pay a certain point to haul through this company. So that's why I stay here because it's a comfortable thing, right? It's a strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that, make a, that, that make a lot of sense, man. You Like you said, you, you drop in. Some gems on here as well. You dropping a lot of valuable gems on here as well. And uh, another question I had, I don't, I don't think I uh, even asked this question yet. Was uh, as far as like, like when you so when you do get your truck, do you just like call different authorities and say like I got a truck, I'm ready to pick up loads. You should know where you're gonna go with your truck before you buy your before truck. You That's buy. what I always tell everybody. Okay. When they tell me anything about buying a truck, you know what I ask them? What? Where are you gonna take it? <laughs> they tell me, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at 2013. That's nice. Where are you going to take it? Mm. How you going to you, you make money with it? You should mm. know where you're going to go with your truck, whether you're going to do your own authority, if you're going to lease on to somebody else's authority, if you're going to lease on with a business. I talked to somebody today, again, who knows somebody with three trucks who didn't lease on with a business, who don't have his own authority. He just lend them out to this business to run their stuff, and they pay him for it. Mm. So, right. I mean, it's so many ways of making money, but you got to know where you're going before you start heading. Now, we got to know what direction you're heading. Mm-hmm. Always know what you're going to do mm-hmm. with that truck before you buy that truck. Okay. I spend more time looking up leasing companies. I spend more time looking up carriers. I spend more time looking up uh, different people that want to put trucks under their authority. Way more than I spend looking at trucks. <laughs> and I'm somewhere where I'm going to stay. You know what I mean? So yeah, okay. So I that was, that was you just pretty much answered one of my next questions. I was gonna say, how do people like find authorities? And you just said you could like pretty much look them up. Now remember, now an authority is some like different. Authority is individualized. Okay. So it's not that you can go. You can go, and I can have an authority, and you could. You and your wife got three trucks. Right. Now, I could technically put your three trucks under my authority. Right. All I gotta do is add y'all to the insurance, add your drivers, whatever the case may be. Like I said, it's only increased, you know, $3,000, and y'all going to pay $1,000 for a truck every month. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a sense, you can do that, or you can take it to um, CH, was a CH Robertson, and you can lease on with them, and then they'll dispatch you, and then you get a certain cut. You can go to Landstar, or you can get on, like, these, like, Craigslist has, sometimes has posts. We're looking for this amount of trucks. But you can just drop your truck off over there, and that's a year contract. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, I know this many ways you can yeah, do I didn't, it. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I haven't even touched on other ways to make money in the industry. <laughs> you could be a broker. You could be a mechanic. You could be an agent under a broker. To a you truck? Could be a finance company. Yeah, you, you could be an agent under a broker? Yeah, yeah. You could be <laughs> an agent under a broker. I never heard of it. A mechanic. You could be uh, a finance company. You could be a lender. You could be a. Uh, there's so many different ways of making money in this, man. Right. Like, you don't necessarily have to own a truck. You can go for your, your agent license and then hold your agent license for however many years it is and then go for your broker's license. You can open up your own freight brokerage. What the hell? 
See, I, <laughs> I, it's like real estate, right? It's like real estate. So, a real estate, you're an agent for like two years. To so get your own broker. You go for your broker's test. Yeah. When you get your broker's test, you open up, you know, um, your, your first name is Xavier, right? Yep. So, Xavier uh, Real Estate Broker's Office. It's the same ideal. Okay. You can go be an agent, go for your broker's license, open up your own freight brokerage. Wow, I didn't. I never. I didn't know that. That's how. So I, now you got a whole other business because now you're a broker with ten agents under you. Now you got each of them moving freight. Every time they move freight, you getting a percentage of it on top of what you're already doing. And the broker, so, yeah. the brokerage would pretty much um get the like how to say the loads for the trucks like dispatch. Yeah, and brokers all that. brokers hold um freight loads. Okay. So then like I'll call you and be like, Oh, I see you got a load on the DAT board. If I got my own authority, I'm probably on the DAT board. I'm bidding on loads. You know what I mean? Bidding means like we know a load may pay three thousand, but well it's a three thousand dollar load, but I will I'll do it for twenty eight fifty. Somebody okay. else put in a bid, they want twenty nine hundred. Somebody else put in a bid and they're doing twenty eight twenty five. So then you're gonna call the twenty eight twenty five, see if you can get them down to twenty eight hundred, twenty seven fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hustle it, right? Hustle. Yeah. So that's that's kinda how freight brokers just work. And they all hold freight. They all hold listings just like home listings. Mm. You go and you ride through your neighborhood, you see Red Fence selling a house, Century Twenty One selling a house, uh Garcia and Garcia real estate selling a house, mm-hmm. Johnson and Johnson selling a house. All those are, those are just freight brokerages. They hold listings. That's it. For sale. Mm. Man, this <laughs> see that's why I love I, I love bringing people on the show like this 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 really good at what they do like like you because you guys give a lot of game and free game at that and the people that's listening they always could take something from it and they could hit you up go to your Instagram and find out information and what uh to let people know like what is it where can they find you for more information on you for the people that don't know uh, my main thing is instagram okay. and my instagram is at trucking it's uh t-r-u-c-k-i-n mm-hmm. underscore justin that's j-u-s-t-i-n okay appreciate that so majority of the people that's be my instagram they may dm me uh, my DMs have kind of gotten out of control, so <laughs> it take it take me like about a week because I take care of my children. You know yeah. what I mean? I have my have my girls, so I ain't you know. I, the thing is, like, I always have to explain to people, um, it ain't my life's passion to sit on IG. Exactly. I post it, I'm a post. I put the phone down. I don't get on IG for four more days. <laughs> I might post once a week. You know what I mean? So, um, that's definitely a way of seeing what's going on because we want to become informed people we want to become educated people and yep. gain as much knowledge as possible i don't want you to go buy a truck but i expect you to know everything about trucking mm-hmm. and this is what you intend to do mm. when you're going to sit down and hold a conversation with a person you got to be able to hold the conversation fluently the only way to be able to do that is by having knowledge having um and, you know knowledge on the issue a knowledge of what you want to get into I didn't know all this. I learned this over two years. When I'm two years of reading, I'm two years of shaking hands and asking questions. I just talked to a driver earlier. He's an owner-op. You know, I talked to another guy today. He's just an investor. I talked to a finance lady today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I read articles online. I'm, I'm, I'm signed up with everybody who do any email alert. Mm. What's currently going on in the industry? 
Mm. Like, it's funny, like, if you go on my phone, the Google tab, you know, like, Google only do, like, what you search. Yeah. I'm just say Google and all these news topics. All my stuff is trucking. I didn't realize. Like, <laughs> as I Google so much stuff about trucking, I'm on, like, truckers report form. I read what actual drivers are saying. Uh, Facebook. I'm in different groups and communities where I get to see what they're saying about freight, what they're saying about this truck, what they're saying about their operation or whatever challenges they may be facing. Um... There's, there's multiple ways of getting info, and there's so much info out here that it, it doesn't make any sense not to know. Exactly. If somebody come to me and they, they ask me something that you can find on Google, that's frowned upon. Mm. Like people that come to me and approach me with them type questions, I don't even respond because mm. that tell me what type of business owner you're going to be. Right. You didn't take the time to even learn that. You didn't mm. take the time to Google that. Like, <laughs> won't just tell you. That's right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> come to me with a real question. That's funny you said it because I just seen somebody like yesterday and they was talking and he was like, do not come to me with something you can find out on Google. That's going to piss me off. It <laughs> so, does, <laughs> man. It makes me so upset because I'm like, you could look this up on your own, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> People just be lazy. Like, they be intellectually lazy. lazy. But that's what type yeah. of business owner you're going to be, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's just... That's just how you gotta analyze people. And not saying that's the case all the time, but majority of the time, if you don't even take the time to read a book, you won't take the time to take the test. Like, Correct. you don't wanna take the test if you didn't study the material. Correct. So the test gonna be when you buy your truck and you gotta know how to generate income. Correct. You gotta be able to talk with these drivers. These drivers ask questions so they learn how much you know. Mm. So you get a guy that's, that's probing into your, your thought your thought realm and your understanding of oh, he gonna well, turn it over. Learn, you don't know nothing. He gonna hustle you. Yep. Every time. Every time. Even though you don't know nothing. So. <laughs> man. Well, yeah. But, yeah, man. We, well, I know we, you I got. I got one more question. We, yeah, one more. I know, just one more. How much time uh, do you say you devote to running your trucking business per day or like per, per week? Since it is like a passive stream of income, <laughs> how much time do you feel like yeah. you have to put into it? Um. It's gonna sound bad. I don't know if I want to answer that question. You don't got to know. I'm like ten minutes a week. You say it's gonna sound bad. Exactly. So at this point, my driver and drivers love the dispatch themselves. So my driver normally books the load. If he has a problem where he calls me, he's driving. I'll call and book the load, or I'll get on the load board. Sometimes I get on the load board, but I don't consider that business related because I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it just to see what's up. Right. So then if I see something, my screen started to send it to him. <laughs> what do you think about that? He'll send me something. Well, I saw this load. I'm like, well, hey, well, let's choose one of the two and get on it. You know what I mean? Let's lock it up. That's mm-hmm. my saying. Let's lock it up. Let's get it off the board. So, um, yeah, about 10 minutes a week. <laughs> right now, um, Maybe I say at most thirty minutes, thirty five minutes. <laughs> when I started, and when I started this, when I started booking and dispatching my own truck. I dispatched my truck for about three months on my own. So, with that said, I was spending maybe about two two hours to three hours a week okay. on the phone dealing with agents, dealing with this, dealing with that, dealing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting this load, getting that load. So. Um, I've been able to shrink it down. Okay. So, 
that's a that's a that's a that's a perfect way to end it. And I just want to say before we uh, and I want to uh, get a just say I want to get a consultant consultation. I can't even say the word right. A consultation with you right now before I go out here and you know do this. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hit you up offline about it. But I want to say uh, and I, and I tell everybody that um. I do offer consultations since mm-hmm. we in this video. I offer consultation. My consultation is a hundred dollars. Okay. It's a hundred dollars technically for thirty minutes. Okay. I typically like when I text you, I say what? You get like the hour block. Mm-hmm. I say like what times I available. Typically I go over. Because okay. my goal is I want you to ask me every single question you think of. I don't want you to get off the phone with anything in question. Okay. I want you to get off the phone and know that you got what you need to move to your next step. Man. So I charge a hundred. Okay. And for the Hood Estate Elite, they have an elite group over there, which I have nothing to do with Hood Estates, but because they're my people, mm-hmm. I'm real tight with Hood Estates. The Hood Estate Elite only charge fifty. Okay. Um, if I get somebody, you know, I was debating on charging more, and I have been charging more for people who have not bought the Hood Estate uh, Masterclass. Hey, <laughs> by the Hood Estate Masterclass, I charge two fifty. Okay. You going you got to pay something. You're right. Mm-hmm. See me the Hood Estate Masterclass is four ninety seven. So that tells me right then, if you're not willing to spend five hundred dollars on yourself, then you're not willing to spend fifty thousand on your truck. Mm. So Yep. That's man, that's there you go. That's the perfect way to end it, man. And I, I, I just yeah. want to say I definitely appreciate you taking taking time out your day to come on the show, but we definitely appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm uh, a yeah, no problem, man. I mean, I like what y'all doing. I love how y'all present yourself. Man. I go to your IG. Boy, y'all looking good. Look at this couple. I don't know y'all. I'm like, what well, is looking good? Man. Why I gotta do an interview? You know, you messaged me. I was like, eh, let me go to your IG. Yeah. Yeah. personal website that's how i take it like this is your website yeah. before people know you yeah. this is what they gonna see and yeah that's- yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man what can you hear me still can you hear me uh, oh yeah i don't know okay yeah so let's <laughs> yeah. all right bro we appreciate Thank you bro you. Right, yes sir all right bye all right, guys. Well, that was another episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast with uh, Truck and Justin. For those, like he said, for those who want to get in touch with him, follow him or whatever, you can find him on Instagram at Truckin T R U C K I N underscore Justin J U S T I N, and he dropped a lot of valuable gems. If you want to get into the trucking industry, which is a, I feel it's a great industry. We're getting into that industry. We're going to buy our truck. So. Uh, tune into them if you guys if that's something you want to do. And as you already know, we already say as we always say. For those who don't know, you can reach me at Instagram at Xavier C Miller, Twitter the same Xavier C Miller, uh, uh, Facebook Xavier Miller, Snap Xavier Miller three one two. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate, like, uh, post feedback to our uh, channel. We definitely appreciate that. And Deanna here, she's going to give you her information as well.
And you guys can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. Um, make sure you follow the Millionaire Mindsets lifestyle brand Instagram page as well. We um, are going to start getting on there real heavy, posting the updates that's going on with the brand. And um, if you haven't subscribed to the Millionaire Mindsets daily text subscription, you could do so by texting at in mindsets to 81010. Again, that's at, at sign. You got to put that sign um, to at in mindsets to 81010. And that's pretty much all we have for you guys. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. See y'all next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take risks because you're too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. Oh, a lot of shit on the way. On the way.